0: Today's gospel is a warning to beware of who is influencing you, to know about who that is. So, the gospel, of course, is all about the Pharisees, and our Lord has taken a good amount of time to warn people to be careful of the Pharisees. And He's pretty direct in what they need to be careful of, how to recognize these Pharisees, and, and how to respond. Now, the passage you heard today, this is from Matthew 23, this is the, the lighter portion. This is the G-rated part of our Lord's warning about the Pharisees. If you are to read on further in that chapter, things become quite severe. He basically tells them that they're going to hell. He says if they don't change their ways. He says in verse 33, that same chapter, How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? He has woe, are you Pharisees? Woe after woe after woe. He's going after them pretty hard. If you've been here the last few weeks or at mass the last few weeks, you've been hearing these interactions between our Lord and the Pharisees, them trying to come up to him and ask him questions, try to trick him, try to use his influence uh, for good, for worse. And today, our Lord uh, finally brings down the hammer and he brings it down pretty hard on these Pharisees. However, this warning that he's giving uh, about the Pharisees, he's giving this to not just not to the Pharisees per se, he's giving this to his disciples. He's giving this to the people who listening were listening to him. He gave it not just to them, but he's also giving it to us today. Because the Pharisees are still around. They are still uh, very prominent. They have uh, big voices, and they're trying to uh, sway folks and and get you to, and to to lead you to lead you astray, basically. So today, I would like to ask this question and try to answer it with our Lord's help. Who are the Pharisees today? Uh, uh, how can you be? Uh, how can you identify them? And how should you respond? You know, to these things because they're very much here in our church. It's only make it a little dicey, and sometimes that's okay. Might feel a little uncomfortable, but stick with me uh, until the end, right? So, I should I should say up front probably that uh, these Pharisees they can even be priests, bishops, cardinals. I mean, our Lord was talking about here. He says that. The Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses, meaning they have official positions of authority. Uh, It could be positions of authority in the church. It could be positions of authority that they're using, great um, seats of influence in the media. Maybe they have a big media presence. Uh, So there's different places they could be. Uh, And our Lord says that, of the Pharisees of old, he says, because they sit in these seats of authority, in in the seats of Moses, you kind of have to listen to them. You have to listen to their teaching because of this authority. However, be careful. Be warned. Don't do what they do. This is, one of the, this is, he's, this is not the first time he's brought this up. So just a few chapters earlier in Matthew 16, so we're in 23 today. In Matthew 16, he had told the, Pharise- told the disciples, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, meaning be careful of their teaching. You have to listen to it. You have to hear it. Be careful of their teaching. Uh, but especially of their hypocrisy. This is what he's talking about also today. So who are these Pharisees? And how should you respond to them? How can you identify them? Well, our Lord gives us some clues here how you can do this. He says, uh, first, that they bind heavy burdens and they won't lift a finger to help. What does this look like in his day? Well, we know that there was these people during our Lord's day that had these heavy burdens, these sins that they were wrapped up in. People like harlots, tax collectors, the sick, the unclean, all these people who, uh, you know, were, were bound up. And the Pharisees didn't want anything to do with those folks. Stay away from those. Don't hang out with them. Don't be with them. Stay as far away from those people as you can. Yes, they're, they're bound up, but they're burdened. We don't care. We don't want them to infect us or hurt us or, or you know, have influence on us in any way. So we want to keep them as far away as we can. That's what the Pharisees of old were doing. We have the Pharisees of our day doing something very similar. Today, the Pharisees in our church, they're like, oh, those, there's people of certain, that have certain maybe like sexual attractions, stay away from them, push them away, we don't want, we don't want them here. Or, or maybe it's like the poor or immigrants, you know, immigrants coming into our country, well, don't, we don't want anything to do with that, you know, keep those, keep those folks away from us. This is what the Pharisees of our day would say, and are saying, uh, we have, however a much different example of Christ. What does he do? You know, he, was, he and his disciples were working to unburden people, to untie these things. They were welcoming sinners, the harlots, the tax collectors, all of these folks. This is the example that has been all on down through church history, too. You know, I think of, for example, the Donatist controversy. This was back in the 3rd the and 4th centuries, a time of great persecution in the church. Uh, if you were a Christian, you were forced to... Sacrifice to the pagan gods, and if you didn't sacrifice to the pagan gods, then you would be brutally slaughtered, fed to animals, burned alive, disemboweled—you know, sliced up into a bunch of pieces, whatever they could think up. So, and so, a lot of Christians they weren't really too in favor of being disemboweled and the like. So they said, well, maybe it'd be better to stay alive. So, so some of them, a good chunk of them, ended up sacrificing to the pagan gods. They betrayed Christ. They betrayed the church. And then after these times of persecution started dying down, some of these were priests who did this. After these times of persecution died down, they wanted to come back into the church. This is where the Donatists came in and said, absolutely not. You betrayed Christ. You lapsed. You did terrible things. There's no way you can come back in. Especially if you're a priest and you did this. Absolutely not. And the Pope at the time uh, you know, He responded to this, what was called the rigorous controversy, or the Donatist controversy. He said, no, we are to be people who lift burdens, who untie people. He said, if these folks are repentant, if they're sorry for what they did, no matter how terrible it was, even if they're priests, they can come back into church. They can come back into church. They can have those sins absolved. They can be reinstated. They can be reconciled with the church. It's our job as followers of Christ to unburden them, to untie sinners, to bring them back. That was the Dantist controversy back in the 3rd and 4th century. Or more recently, the Jansenist controversy or heresy. This is during the 17th and 18th centuries. This is a big thing where there was a certain group within the church, called them Pharisees, I guess, that they said that, You should not be receiving Holy Communion, partaking of Holy Communion, unless you've reached this pretty high state of holiness. Uh, The church, on the other hand, uh, especially through the preaching of the Jesuits at the time, this missionary order that was very devoted to the Holy Father, to the Pope, and took a special vow of obedience to him, as they still do today. They said, no, that's not true. You can receive Holy Communion. There's only one sin that bars a person from receiving Holy Communion. That's mortal sin. For anything less than that, any sins, issues, things that you're dealing with, you can receive Holy Communion. In fact, you should be receiving Holy Communion if you've got these issues, these sins that you're struggling with. Uh, You need the Lord. You need this spiritual medicine. This is how the church responded to those Pharisees, to the Jansenists who had this very kind of rigorous sort of way of going about. The church calls us to help people on be unburdened, to give them the good news of the gospel, uh, to to give them the Lord, to unburden them. So the Pharisees of old, very similar to the Pharisees of our day, they 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 weren't you know they were leaving these people tied up in their sins, and they want to keep them away and not unburdening them, bringing them into the church. That's the first thing our Lord says to uh, be aware of when it comes to Pharisees, to identifying them. We still have them today in our church. They're very much alive. Uh, the second thing he says is that they do all their deeds to be seen by men. They like to be seen as these spiritual and moral authorities. You know, they, they love to you know, say, look at us. Uh, you know, they love the places of honor, the, the good seats, the salutations. But they like to be you know, seen by men, kind of like the, the Pharisees of today, they say, you know, look to us. You know, We, we have the, the real, true, faithful doctrine, the real, true traditions. Look to us. You know, I think of uh, a most recent example of this has been with the synod. We had, you know, the, the Pharisees of today, they're like, oh, that synod, you know, all that is is that's a bunch of, uh, that's a leftist vehicle to move forward, a progressive, liberal, heretical agenda. We have the true church. We're the ones stricken, sticking to the traditions. Look at us. They do the deeds to be seen by men. They want to be seen as this moral and spiritual authority. Because all those things that they said, all those things that they warned us about, it never happened, Right? But they're saying these things, doing these things, because they do all these things to be seen by men. Stirring up these controversies uh, unnecessarily in order to get more eyeballs, to get more viewers, uh, to be seen by men. This is what they do. But... What does our Lord do? Our Lord calls us not to be doing things to be seen by men, but to do do right, to do good, whether you're seen or not seen, to serve in humility. You know, there's people in our church, good people, honorable people, uh, priests, bishops, others, lay people who are doing good work, and their names are oftentimes dragged through the mud in the media. But you don't see them getting up there and defending themselves and say, this is why I'm right and this is why you should listen to me and all this. No, no, no. They simply, uh, they allow themselves to be humbled and they serve day in, day out, faithfully in this very kind of Marian sort of way, this behind the scenes sort of way. Uh, They're not doing their deeds to be seen by men. They're doing their deeds to be seen to the glory of God. Knowing that God is going to take care of all these things in the end, but they're not, they're trying to defend themselves, trying to fix things. So, but this is the second thing our Lord warns us of when it's trying to identify who are the Pharisees. They do all their deeds to be seen by men. And the third thing our Lord says, he says this uh, somewhat of an indirect way, he says that these are the Pharisees are those who are they show partiality. They show uh, Favoritism. They're very partisan. Our Lord says that we're not to be like that. We are to be, we have one teacher, that we're all brethren. We have one father. And in our first reading from Malachi, he's saying the same thing. Malachi 2 Have we not one father? Has not one God created us? Malachi brings up this whole issue of partiality, of partisanship. So the Pharisees, they were a political sect, a political party, basically. Talked about this a little bit before. Uh, And for us as Catholics, we should be involved politically. That's a good and holy thing to serve the community, to serve the common good. However, when it comes to politics, if the politics are starting to go the wrong way, you see all this right-left stuff, liberal-conservative stuff, being brought into the church, that's going the wrong way, right? So uh, for us as Catholics, the influence should be going the other way. It should be that our Catholic theology, you know, our love, should be infusing the politics of the day, not the politics coming into our church. All this left-right stuff, all this partisan stuff, you see those people, those that are bringing that into the church, all this divisive left-right those are the Pharisees. This is what our Lord is talking about. Those that are trying to bring all this division. You see somebody, whether it's a, a priest, a bishop, a powerful you know, a media figure who's bringing all this left, right, liberal, conservative stuff into the church? Those are the Pharisees. That's very clear evidence of that. That's not who we are as Catholics. Our Lord is clear about this. You know, we don't worship the donkey. We don't worship the elephant. We worship the lamb. We are children of one Father. Uh, We are all brethren. We're all called together into unity in this family. So this is this this third sign. You're going to identify modern-day Pharisees or those who are causing this division, this partisanship within the church. So be careful. Who is influencing you? Uh, Clearly identify... Who the Pharisees of today are. Those who are, uh, you know, they're okay with people getting bound up and, and um, you know, not being freed of those sins, those struggles. Uh, they do their deeds to be seen by men. And they're often, often divisive, not working for this unity that we're called to work for as followers of Christ. Uh, be careful, our Lord says. This is a very important issue to him. It should be also an important issue to us. Who are these Pharisees today? And who are you and I called to? The path of humble service. That God may be glorified. Amen.